This, 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 we are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk. Get off his neck, get off his neck, Connor. Hard body shot and by Mayweather. He's going to the bottom. Stop, 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 stop. Lloyd is strong in the clinch now. It's just a matter of time here. Now he's, now he's got him in the corner. Now he's a sitting duck. McGregor hit with a right hand and he tries to survive. Oh, he's he is loose. Duck. On wobbly legs, he's about to go. Floyd Mayweather has McGregor on the run. A sharp left hook, another hook, and it's over. Robert Burns says it's over. Waves it off. McGregor was hurt on wobbly legs. He might be slightly protesting, but Floyd Mayweather, dropping the early rounds, has stopped Conor McGregor. Well, I've got to take my hat off to you, buddy. You uh, you called it absolutely bang on. Little bit of early success, as we saw at the weekend for Connor. Yeah. Uh, but then from, what would you say, round three, round four, it basically went the exact way that you said with uh, yeah. Floyd putting on a minor clinic. I know a few people gave him round six as well. I think uh, I think there's you know I haven't seen anybody out there apart from the actual judges on the night who have said that Connor didn't win the first three rounds. I thought he won the first three rounds just obviously purely through work rate and landing the cleaner shots. And then um, I think Floyd obviously went through the gears a little bit and 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 came out in the fourth round. I actually personally I I still gave Connor the fourth round, which is probably a little bit favourable. But there you go. So I had him four up. Uh, so obviously then I had you were Mayweather. believing in the dream. You were doing me, mate. That's what I you was, were doing. Yeah, exactly. I had Mayweather winning every round from then on. I, you know, I uh, certainly uh, I had him. I had him five four up going into that tenth round. Obviously, my actual prediction. You know, let's be honest, it was seven to nine and it was just into the 10th round. So I did kind of just miss it, but it did play out exactly how I thought it would have. Connor, for me, was a live opponent for four rounds. Whether you believe that's because of Connor's approach, because Connor was sharp, because he was showing Floyd angles he'd never seen before, or whether you're more of the ilk that you believe that Floyd Mayweather didn't get out of second gear until probably midway through the fourth round, doesn't really matter. Uh, because that's exactly how the fight played out. So, mm. I um, I obviously when you watch it initially, you get caught up in the emotion of it because I've, I've, I've been on record. I've said that I wanted Connor to win it. So therefore, yep. when you see him come out and he he, get, he goes straight to the center of the ring, he takes control of the center of the ring, pushes Floyd back onto the ropes and lands a couple of body shots. All right, the shots that he was throwing were landing on the elbows and on the gloves and whatever. Nothing really went through in those that first exchange. But you think to yourself, "Hey, up, oh, he's game. He's yep. up for it. Ah, beautiful." And you get caught up in the emotion of it, and therefore you become a fight fan rather than an analyst. You stop yep. analysing the fight. You just get caught up in it, wanting something to happen. And therefore, I've had to watch it back again. So I've watched it back again. And therefore, I can maybe start to nitpick in certain things that I didn't necessarily see the first time around. And one of the things that I concluded, yeah, from the first four rounds, and even even with the finish, if I'm honest, that Floyd was really poor. I thought yeah. he was. I thought he was really, really poor. I mean, the Floyd of ten years ago. This yeah. doesn't get out of the second round, mate. I'm going to be dead honest with you because, yes, okay, Connor was awkward, and he has a very awkward way of throwing shots. And I mean, there was some UFC hammer shots coming in there every now and again, weren't there? Yeah. And and his approach to the fight was awkward. But I think a Floyd Mayweather of yesteryear would have finished this a lot earlier. I, I thought he was very, very poor for ten rounds. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know about finishing it in the second round. Um, I, I believe Connor would have probably been a little bit too strong then, and he was quite sharp early on. Connor, I think you know 
two things are playing on my mind. One, what Darren Till told me about the conversation when I was talking to Darren Till, the UFC fighter about it, as, as everyone knows, Liverpool-based, uh, Wavertree-based, that team, Carbon. When I was chatting to him about the fight, he was like, Nick, I've boxed, and I'm obviously competing in the UFC right now. Connor will, no matter how fit he is, it is, he will tie a second half of the fight purely because lifting his hands to his chin isn't natural to him. Keeping his hands up to his chin isn't something he does every day. There's no mm. there's no fitness for that. There's no muscle memory. Eventually, his shoulders will just completely give out. They'll just burn out, and that'll sap all his energy. And that is exactly what happened down the street. He physically just couldn't keep, lift his hands up anymore. It was too exhausting for him. And I think people don't realise that unless you're a boxer, obviously, when you're a mixed martial artist, you've got to fight with your hands pretty quite low in terms of boxing, you can't have them up by your chin because you leave your body open to legs and obviously the opportunity to be taken down uh, with, a, with a double leg or a single leg takedown. So you've got to kind of have your hands almost swinging by your waist, ready to pop under someone's arms if they shoot for the wrestle, you know, to take you down. Or obviously to, you know, to leap forward and throw your shot. So it's a completely different type of stance and everything else. And that ultimately is what caught up with him. That's why he was so exhausted because, you know, I've seen a lot of people going, oh, McGregor, was he not even fit then? Well, it's a completely different type of fitness. And I first think for the first time at the weekend, we were truly exposed to that on Saturday night. And that's what caught up with Connor. Um, and obviously... Floyd, I think, generally knew that. I thought, I think Floyd knew that he was going to tire, knew he was going to have to weather a storm for four rounds against this tough Irishman that obviously whacks hard and does stuff that you don't expect them to do. But once Floyd got past them four rounds, you could see the fight visibly change then as Floyd took over. When you were watching the first two rounds and you saw... Like I've just said there, he comes out, he takes the centre of the ring, Connor, he pushes Floyd back. Mm -hmm. There was still a little bit, when I watched it back the second time, that I didn't fully believe that he'd gone for it. Like your mate, Dan Hardy, but he, he called this brilliantly. And to be fair, he, he got it even more spot on than you did with the way that he called the first part of the fight, that Connor would take his time. I didn't think he would take his time. We've spoke on our series that lasted for six shows. It's still available on our website. Go and have a look, fightdisciples.com, even though it's now after the Lord Mercy Show. I think it's still worth a listen. But we did call that Connor has four rounds, really, to win this fight. He's yeah. going to come out and he's going to throw all the bombs, the kitchen sink, and see what happens. Now, even though his, his um, punch output was far higher than Floyd Mayweather in that period of time, yep. I just didn't get the feeling that he was like, right, sack it, I'm going for it, I'm, the bombs are coming. It was more like he was in his head trying to outbox him. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I, 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 I truly agree, and that's what made it so surprising. Like, you know, I, was, I, wasn't, I wasn't listening to the Sky commentary, I was listening to uh, some radio commentary, I was doing some radio. Yeah, you were moonlighting. Yourself. You were moonlighting. We'll talk and about that on, uh, on tomorrow's uh, podcast. Make sure you subscribe, because I'm going to have a go at him. He's been cheating at me yeah. uh, with, uh, with other, <laughs> other radio presenters. But we'll get to that tomorrow. I can, I, can, I can hold that back for this radio show. I'm being a professional, you know what I mean? We'll do this, we'll do this as colleagues rather than friends <laughs> at this moment in time, mate. All right. So, so the guys I was listening to weren't necessarily, uh, they, they were quite hardcore, old school boxing boxing commentators, you know, and um, they were completely shocked and surprised and blown away by the fact that Connor, and even I was to some extent, Connor had the audacity to actually box Floyd Mayweather, but he did. He boxed Floyd Mayweather and he outboxed them for two rounds. Now again, whether you agree that Mayweather was in second gear or third gear, or, or he purely just couldn't figure Conor McGregor out, that means no odds for me. For me, Conor McGregor, 
outboxed Floyd Mayweather for the first two rounds, and he did. Mm. He beat him to the punch. His, his jab was too sharp, and then not only that, when Mayweather did come forward, he countered really nicely as well. At one point, he threw a beautiful left uppercut. Beautiful. Uh, that landed clean on the jaw. But just to come back to what you were saying earlier, when that happened, we didn't see Connor roll a dice. We didn't see Connor yeah. go, okay, well, I've just caught you with a good shot. Now you're going to be put under pressure while you're still a 40-year-old man. You're still getting warmed up. That I know you're going to be a slow starter. At no point in those first, certainly the first three rounds, which Connor won officially, you know, completely in, in my mind, at no point when he landed a good shot did we see him roll a dice and go, I'm going to go for it. At the end of the third round, I thought, wow, he's truly going to try and outbox Floyd Mayweather here. And there was only one way that was going to happen because we knew he was going to tire and we knew Floyd would soon figure him out. And that's Mm. exactly what happened. And that leaves me a little bit disappointed of what might have been. And I know that this is ridiculous. People uh, thinking, what are you talking about, man? The fight's been and gone and and Floyd put it on him in the back end of the fight. Yes, of course. And with any, as we said, all the way through the series, if it was going to go into those later rounds, if it was going to go past four, of course Floyd was going to outbox him. For me, there was nowhere that Connor uh, was going to be able to do the business. We saw him uh, tire, we saw him fatigue, and therefore the bomb just wasn't there. It wasn't there in the last moments in order to try and get himself out of the mess that he managed to get himself into, into those deep waters. It takes years to get yourself out of those deep waters. You've got to learn how to do it. He's not used to doing it. He's used to having different things in his arsenal in order to get him out of those particular situations. That's why I look at it and go, oh man, if only in those first two rounds, yeah, cool, you've given him something to think about. You've done something that he didn't expect you to do. You've tried to out outboxing you beat him to the punch you're jabbing his head off he yeah. looks a little bit slow he's he's the, the the usual floyd mayweather counterattacks aren't coming back as quick and as sharp as they normally do when you've watched previous fights like canelo and the pacquiao fight and stuff like that so you're thinking to yourself go on lad just stick it on him get in there you know what i mean see what happens and it just i just don't think he put his foot down enough for me no, he didn't. No, he didn't. He didn't roll that dice. He didn't take a chance. I think that the and there's two ways to look at that. Maybe they were so successful in them first two or three yeah, rounds that they maybe. truly thought, you know what, we can we we're can keep, laugh here. This we is can keep right. going here. Yeah, <laughs> we can keep doing it like this. But surely they must have known because history tells you as much that Floyd will often lose or will often be caught or whatever in the first three or four rounds. He's, he he likes to size people up. He's not worried about giving a round or two away while he just times people and gets to know people's movements mm-hmm. and everything else. So that was the way that I just thought, you know what? You've done so well for four rounds, in my opinion. You've done so well for four rounds, but it even even towards the end of the fourth round, and I, again, I scored Conor McGregor the fourth round. I had Conor win the first four rounds. Even at the end of that round, I thought... Tides changed here. Yeah, it's it, 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 the momentum shift is there. You can see it now. Floyd's about to up his it, way. It was like he's got, and he said he'd gone back to the corner a couple of times, and it's like he weren't paying attention properly. Floyd, he was looking at the camera, having a bit of a laugh with everybody, weren't he? Yeah. And it was like at the end of that fourth round, he got right. You've had your fun now. I'm going to show you what it's all about. Yeah, exactly. And then he upped his work rate. He went yeah. into. I wouldn't even say he went through the gears. He just went into second gear. Yeah, he did. Yeah, you know and. Again, you know, it, it, it's easy from a boxing perspective to say, well, Floyd was in second gear. He was carrying him, wasn't he? It was a pay-per-view. It was a mismatch. That was what, you know, he, he gave four rounds up. And then when he started seriously, then McGregor didn't have an answer for it and all this kind of stuff. But personally, I I'd, I prefer to go the other way. I, try, I prefer to give Conor McGregor a little bit more credit. I, I, I hate, you know, I, 
I remember on the night at the time thinking, this is amazing. What Conor McGregor doing here is amazing yeah. to a, potentially one of the greatest boxers of all time, or you know, certainly one of the greatest boxers. What he's managing to do here is incredible. And as I say, the team I was working with, they were all blown away. Everyone was blown away in that moment. And then it was only in the aftermath, a couple of hours after the fight, where, it, where people started then to speak negatively. And, what, and I thought, no, no, let's not get away from the fact of what happened there. He did farm. Bear in mind that a lot of people were saying he wouldn't even land a punch. Mm. Never mind, he wouldn't win a round. Well, he did win a round. He did land a punch. And regardless of whether Floyd approached it rightly or wrongly, give Conor McGregor some credit because he did something. Nobody on the planet, you know, a lot of people, a lot of fight fans believed he couldn't do. He sh- he, he, I think he changed a lot of minds there. And he's potentially, I, I thought he put mixed martial arts, his own sport, in a far more positive light to a lot of boxing fans who should have gone, you know what, a little bit more respect is due to mixed martial artists and their stand-up game because he's proven here he's got a stand-up capable of being at the highest level. Mm. Uh, and hopefully he has gained a few more fans. I think that's the main thing that we wanted out of it, wasn't it? That we've got those casual eyes on uh, the biggest sporting event of the year and they fall in love with it and they come back yep. maybe next time Conor makes his, uh, his uh, octagon entrance, hopefully by the end, back end of the year. But we're going to talk about that at the, in the final part of the show. We're going to uh, analyse where Conor goes from here. Uh, we know where Floyd's going, so enjoy uh, his uh, hundreds of millions that he's just made off the back of that. I love the fact that he came into uh, the ring wearing a mask, uh, very Dick yep. Turpin-esque, yep. Uh, that he uh, he was preparing for the robbery, and he knew we knew full well that, in a way, we were going to get robbed, but I think it lived up, didn't it? I think all the people that called it a sham, I yep. think all the people that were saying that it would, would have been a circus, and don't get me wrong, the first six weeks of this were your press conferences and your, and your crowd uh, at places like Toronto and in London and World Tour, and all that that was brilliant and we loved it because it added to our show but the actual event itself it lived up I think I think we got enough out of it to say do you know something I'm okay with that very much so it was certainly far more entertaining than the Pacquiao fight uh, it was certainly you know you you were kind of engrossed in it from the first bell to the last purely because we just didn't know what was going to happen and we've seen a different side of Con- of uh, Floyd Mayweather as well and Conor McGregor you think uh, uh, you know a lot of people didn't know who Conor McGregor was going into this a lot of boxing fans have never seen him before I think they've now they're now not only impressed by his ability in the in the boxing ring which they very much should be you know there's a novice guy there holding his own at the highest level uh, but also him as a person and as a character you know he's, he, he arrived at the MGM in his three-piece suit looking the dumb but just him and his girlfriend pushing a pram you know surrounded by his mates his mates in his corner team yeah. the same people that got him as far as they did in the UFC they're the people there he hasn't suddenly got a load of crazy big minders or you know he didn't he didn't bring in Freddie Roach he didn't do all this kind of stuff he, st- he stayed with the people that got him to where he is he's with his girlfriend he's got his newborn son pushing a pram going in there it's like if you can't love a sport That's like it. that what is wrong with you you know this guy is a role model for all and then the way he took the defeat the yeah. way he, the speech after his defeat as well you just that is a measure of the man he is a true sporting role model I think if anyone thinks any more Negatively of Conor McGregor out of this, coming out of this fight, you are mental. You see what happens. I don't know. We'll have two titles to defend. I don't know. I'm having a buzz floating around. Anyone wants to not give me a shell? And will you go back to the UFC and yeah, fight again? Of course. At the at the rates you were fighting for before, after you made so much money now, or have you changed the paradigm for well, MMA the game, fighters? The game changes every time we grow and we see what's what. But whatever. I thought it was close. I thought I had him in the early rounds. I thought he was getting in the middle towards the end. Where was the final two rounds? Let me let me wobble back to my corner. Let me try and recompose myself. 
You know what I mean? You've got to, you've got to put me out. I'm brand new. I'm clear spoken. It's not bothering me. So I don't know what way to feel, to be honest. I'm just happy I'm draped in the flag. Happy I was able to bring my team along, the country with me, and just get in to perform for a different crowd. No one's taking these type of risks. Lay into me all his want. I'll take it on the chin. I'll take it wrapped around the neck on live TV. I've took them both. So it's another day for me. I mean, we've seen it previously, haven't we? With the way that he dealt with the feet off uh, the net, Diaz. I mean, he even made reference to it in the in the post talking yeah. in the thing, didn't he? Getting strangled live strangled. on TV. Yeah, getting <laughs> yeah. strangled live on, on live TV. Um, but we saw the way that he dealt with that, and I think that's the first time that I started to love him. And, and, that, and, and that's a strong word to use, but that's a legit word. I mean, you admire him as an artist and an athlete when he's in the octagon doing his thing and you think, that is amazing. And then you love all the trash talk, which draws you in. But yeah. there's got to be a humility. There's got to be some type of humble surroundings. of the. There's got to be something more, something deeper with this guy. And when you saw the defeat against Nair and you saw the way that he came out afterwards, he addressed uh, the press and he did it in such a way where you're thinking, do you know something? Yeah, man. Fair yep. play, you've fronted up, you've taken it on the chin and we're going again. And he comes back and he does his business. And I knew full well, I mean, we knew full well, we follow, we follow him, we follow him in the UFC, we know how he's going to respond. Yeah. But it was so refreshing for the world to see the way that he responded in the, in the immediate aftermath. Not just, we're not talking like the dust has settled and he's had time to analyse it. We're talking bang, straight there seconds. and then. Yeah, which, which, which shows you who he really is. Yeah. That's who he really, really is. And that is... Like you say, his star has definitely shone there and God knows what's up next for him, mate, because that is going to make people love him even more. Well, exactly. I think heading in as well, there was an awful lot of talk. Is this is going to be bad for boxing. This is, you know, a tarnish on Floyd Mayweather's legacy. It'll prove, it'll totally expose Conor McGregor for having a sham of a stand-up game in terms of the real sport of boxing. And mixed martial arts will never recover because their champion's about to be beat. They're all a crock of nonsense because coming out of that event this weekend, Floyd Mayweather won. Conor McGregor as a star became a big star. He won. Boxing as a sport won because finally all the world was talking about a boxing match and everyone was tuning in. He weren't even boxing fans, although they all had opinions on it. Mm. Everybody tuned in and they got we got what we paid for. Mm. We got a good entertaining 10 rounds we got interesting yes it flip-flopped here and there it had a little bit of drama behind it we got what we paid for it wasn't like the Pacquiao fight which was just a complete sham this was you know completely boring there was entertainment here it was that there was elements of like wow I can't believe what I'm watching to wow that's what happens when you compete you get you know suddenly go up to the highest level it was great it delivered and for me mixed martial arts won as well because the UFC champion proved to everybody that these guys in the UFC have got great stand-up too. And you could argue it's, as, it's, 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 it's at a very high level in the boxing ring. So hopefully there'll be more crossovers in the future and there'll be more things like this to whet the interest of not only fight fans, but also impartial sports fans. They're like, you know what? I enjoyed that event and I'll do that again. And you know what? I'm going to start watching UFC and I'm going to start watching boxing again. Mm. Uh, on that, we're going to talk about um, how successful the events have been because before the preamble was all about money. So we'll talk about the facts, the figures, uh, who are the winners, who are the losers um, on this particular event in part two. Make sure you stick with us. You are listening to Fight Disciples. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. 
Uh, you're listening to Fight Disciples. This is our Radio City show, but we've decided to just switch it up a little bit. Normally on this show, we uh, cater purely for the Merseyside fight scene. As you heard last week, we had uh, Liv Hussey in the show. We spoke to Masha Dodd and we had Martin Murray all on the phone. And that's what it normally sounds like. But I think after a, a monumental event that we experienced at the weekend in Las Vegas, I think it's only fair that we touch upon everything to do with Mayweather McGregor. Um, if you've only just joined us, we've gone through our analytics of the fight. I'm sure you've got your own thought process uh, on that. Uh, but right now, I just want to talk about whether we class it as a success from an event's point of view. I think, Nick, you kind of touched upon it in at the end of part one there, uh, where the eyes of the world were on this particular event. Um, it's brought more fans, hopefully, towards the world of UFC and boxing. Those casual fans that nipped in. I mean, there were... Uh, I saw so much on social media over the weekend where people were going, oh, the wife's got up to come and watch it with me. She's, she's, come down, <laughs> she's come downstairs, they're casual and all this type of stuff. Yeah, but that's what we wanted, wasn't it? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we saw it on the 10 o'clock news. We saw it on the early morning breakfast news. It was on the ticker tape on Sky Sports. It was everywhere. You couldn't avoid it. I mean, how many... I know that we're on a radio station right now that we are loyal to and we do this on a weekly basis for Radio City Talk, but how many different radio stations were me and you on on yeah. Saturday that are not connected to sport. Yeah, okay, we were on sports radio stations as well, but I were on all sorts of music radio stations and random stations in the back of beyond, all wanting some type of anal analysis on Mayweather McGregor. It just went absolutely crazy. It has been bonkers. The last two weeks especially, it's just like between the two of us, I think we've pretty much done every every radio show in the UK or some kind of show on, mm. on various stations. I, I thought I was going to get to present the chart show on Radio 1 at one point, <laughs> mate. We were all over exactly. it. <laughs> exactly. I did James Wales' uh, Radio 2 show and I was on for about 25 minutes. I think I was basically co-presented the whole show because everyone was just excited and everyone was talking about it and that's, you know, ultimately that's what this that these hybrid fights or these super fights create, you know, for me, it made, it made bigger noises than Pacquiao Mayweather, uh, Mayweather because not only was it the boxing world, and then obviously the you know the, the casual sports fan that got sucked in, but because of uh, Conor McGregor is such a big star, you know, um, out outside of the sport, he makes front page headlines. I think that's what attracted the rest of the world to the event as well. So I know Leonard Ellaby was releasing some unconfirmed rumours about numbers at the weekend. But mm. what did Pacquiao do? I, I think he probably did more than Pacquiao in the pay-per-view numbers in America. So the official line from the Pacquiao numbers was 4.4 million. But we've both seen so many different uh, analysis yeah. of that. 4.5, 4.6. But the official line to go with is that it did 4.4 million pay-per-view buys in the United States, which is a world record, of, of course. Uh, the previous to that was when uh, Floyd fought Oscar De La Hoya, and that was at 2.2. So double the amount yeah. was interested in the Pacquiao fight. And they were saying in the build-up to this that this would be in and around that type of number. Um, when they launched the fight, I mean, I said straight away, didn't I? This is going to do more than 5 million, man, because we kind of understand where Connor's at. Connor doesn't yeah. need a dance partner in no. order to pull pay-per-view numbers. Floyd does. So if you put the biggest two pay-per-view stars on the planet together... I anticipated 5 million pay-per-view buys. As it's built and as it's grown and as we've heard analysis from so many different sources, I've thought to myself, maybe it'll be just under five. And then I came around thinking it might just miss the Pacquiao numbers. However, 
off the back of the fight at the weekend, I mean, we know full well now that there was a delay to the start of uh, Mayweather-McGregor because pay-per-view had gone down in the States. Yeah. Um, I think it was Florida and California. That's correct, was. yeah. Florida yeah, yeah. and California. Right? There was an outage and therefore they decided to delay it because they didn't yeah. want to miss out on that pay-per-view money. Now, I, th- I think in Florida they had to reboot the system. Um, when they rebooted, you couldn't then order it in HD. So because they were they were just overwhelmed basically you see by the amount mm. of people and that's only ever ever happened one time before in the US and that was for the Pacquiao fight so that's why early indications you're like wow okay this is this is Pacquiao esque you know yeah. this is similar numbers four point something well he's uh, Ellaby is he keeps mentioning four point nine he believes that it's around four point nine he's obviously more privy to more information than we are and he's seen the breakouts from Showtime and various other platforms that we're offering pay per view over in the United States of America uh, so he's telling us. 4.9, all right? But mm-hmm. We'll find out later on this week what the exact number is. I would be surprised if it's more than 4.4. I reckon it's in and around uh, that particular number because anybody that follows boxing and follows certain boxing accounts, you will have come across those uh, particular fans that class themselves as hardcore, the purest, the ones that were not entertaining this circus, uh, the ones on social media that kept reminding me that Miguel Cotto was uh, was fighting at the exact same night. Yeah, but nobody's watching Miguel Cotto fight, mate, because everybody, as we've just said, was talking about this. The yeah. casual fan was talking about this. And that, with all due respect to anybody that's into the fight sports, that's where the money's at. That's where the money's at. Get the casual fan interested. They'll come to the event. That'll generate some uh, uh, economic growth. And therefore, me and you, who love fight sports, get to watch more of it because there's more of a demand for it. It's very simple business. Very, very simple, which a lot of people can't seem to get their head around. Anyway, it's trending at 4.9 million buys, um, pay-per-view-wise. But let's talk about the gate, shall we? Because there was a lot made of that in the build-up. And a lot of people love to jump on the back of stuff like this, where they say the venue wasn't even sold out. And to be fair... I was watching the undercard, the likes of Nathan Cleverly and even Javonta Davis, and it was half empty, wasn't it? There wasn't anybody in there really watching those particular fights. It was obvious that they were coming just for the main boys. Yeah, and you know what? That happens sometimes at boxing events. You know, if, you, if you've if ever been to a boxing event where the main where the main guy's like a local ticket seller, but nobody else is local on the undercard, it, it does often happen, happen in boxing. Now, I know my social media especially blew up on Saturday and people were really getting animated about the fact that it was, you know, it, well, it was right on the time that the local papers in Las Vegas had said the fight was going to be starting, and yet the venue was still only one quarter full. Mm. Uh, and a lot of people on my timeline, a lot of MMA journalists especially, they were tearing their hair out. They were like, this is unbelievable. We've, we're now midway through the co-main event, and the venue's only 25% full. But they don't get it, you see, because they've only ever covered UFC events. Yeah. And at UFC events, you're basically looking at 80% capacity for the first fight on the entire card. Never mind the main card, the first fight. Most UFC events are 80% full. Just because the way they structure fights, as we know, with the bonus system and everything else, every fight you, you, you tend to get in the UFC is hugely competitive. Boxing's not like that, of course, you know. Um, but still, it, it was remarkably empty, so close to the fight. But uh, obviously, it kind of filled up. But I know I blame I, like, the Irish, mate. The Irish love to stay in the bar to well, the last well, minute, don't they? Steve Bunce pointed out on the commentary I was listening to that the there was about ten blocks in the in the gods that were completely empty. Now I know the MGM had come out afterwards, or the, the you know the MGM own team. Well, the MGM own it. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's the MGM group, and they come out afterwards and said, "Listen, it's a sellout." 
There's no tickets available from our box office. We've sold out. But obviously what they do is a large portion of the tickets they sell to things like StubHub and everything else. Yeah. But StubHub had done a 10 times markup on those. So they were $500 seats, yet they, there were sections completely empty hmm. because StubHub had taken those $500 seats and, got and made them available for yeah. two and a half grand. Yeah, and yeah. people have gone in and paying two and a half grand. Um, which is absolutely fair enough. You know what I mean? The the, ca- the casual fight fan, the normal, even the normal fight fan, the hardcore fight fan was outpriced. There's no yeah. question about that. So just let me give you some facts and figures, right? So the official gate, that is in. We know that. 14,623 people attended the fight. Uh, that's what went through the gate, which yeah. is just... It's around 6,000 short of a sellout. That's what you class yeah. as a sellout, even though, like you've just said, MGM, the guys that own T-Mobile are saying, well, we've sold out. Sold we've all no, the tickets. Yeah, we've yeah. no tickets left. But there were 6,000 unoccupied seats, I think is the best way of, uh, yeah. uh, of phrasing that. Um, and, and it's no surprise, especially when you're talking $10,000 for a ringside seat. Who's got ten grand to go and spend on that, yeah. on, a, on a fight that you don't think might go the distance? course not many there's not many out there unless you're a a movie star or a pop star or something like that is it but again there's you know it was packed with a-listers wasn't it obviously as we expected there were so many musicians and 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 you know elite hollywood actors i saw lebron lebron were knocking about weren't he so you think well let's say lebron plus you know lebron ain't turning up on his own so he's Mm. got at least a plus two at least a plus two but who pays for LeBron's tickets? LeBron isn't paying for it. Of course he isn't. So yeah, you've got yeah, to think, yeah. who, who pays for you know, their 10 grand a seat? Yeah, I bet you they probably only sold 50% of them for 10 grand because most of them were comped. Hmm. If you, uh, again, another thing that a lot of people will want to know about is the live gate. Now, this is a thing that uh, Floyd, Floyd loves the live gate. He likes yeah. to know how much money's coming through the turnstile. I think he's at the best and traditional layman way of uh, describing that. Uh, so if you look at the Pacquiao fight, the live gate exceeded $72 million, right? $72 wow. million, which is ridiculous. That's money through the turnstile. That's um, sponsorships on the ring canvases and stuff like that and what you sell. Uh, to TV rights. It's not obviously pay-per-views. That's nothing to do with pay-per-views. Pay-per-views yeah. is his own thing. So $72 million for Pacquiao. Now, Floyd has been quoted in saying post-fight. So again, I'm guessing with him being the uh, the main man at Mayweather promos- <laughs> Promotions, yeah, he knows uh, they're, they're about. So he's telling us that the live gate's $80 million. $80 million. Even though they've only done 14,623 people through the gate, they haven't yeah. sold the venue out, they've still cleared $80 million on the on the gate itself, which is absolutely ludicrous. Yeah, it's insane. When it? you compare that to AJ and Klitschko, here's a, here's a stat for you, right? So AJ Klitschko was a sellout. 80,000. 90. They got an, 90, extra, they got an extra, didn't they? They went to the council to get an extra 10,000 because they sold them out. Yeah. So they got 90,000 tickets and the live gate was 9 million. That is unbelievable. So they did 90,000 tickets, 9 million was the live gate, and we're talking just shy of 15,000 tickets for $80 million. I'll tell you something, upstairs for thinking, downstairs for dancing, Floyd Mayweather. He's not daft, is he? Not at all, no. (sighs) Absolutely crazy when it comes to those types of numbers. But the sad thing is, I suppose, is that... People will only look at the 14,623 and they'll go, oh, it didn't even sell out. Boxing fans weren't interested. Yes, they were. They were interested. The eyes of the world were on this sport. We just told you we were on various radio stations with every man and his dog talking about it. People were interested. They just couldn't afford to go. Exactly. It was just priced out of of the layman's price range, obviously. Mm. Insane. Mm. It's going to be interesting to see how how everything that happened at the weekend has a knock-on effect now for future events. I mean, we're quite lucky that we've got another one coming in a few weeks, haven't we, where we've got probably the best of the year when it comes to a pure boxing 
fight between Triple G and Canelo. Canelo. That fight is obviously something that we've been desiring for such a long, long period of time. But it obviously it's, in, it's, it's been in the shadow of this. Nobody's talked about it. No. It's been in the shadow of this particular event. We know that they've sold out the arena. The, uh, I'm guessing that there'll be 20,000 bums on seats for that because the pure yeah. boxing fans will be there. It's it's adequately priced for those pure boxing fans. But he in, it'd be interesting to know um, what it does pay-per-view-wise, what mm. it does commercially... I don't think. I think again, it's going to pale into insignificance when you're talking about this this hybrid. The, the thing for me is as well. This is another thing that everyone, <clears throat> everyone, a lot of the boxing purists and a lot of the pro boxers today as well were, were saying. You know, this is this Mayweather McGregor. It's it's taking the it's taking the shine off Triple G Canelo, and you know, the, the less people will watch Triple G. I, I don't agree now. I don't agree now for the fight we had on Saturday. Yeah. I don't agree. I think Saturday was a good advertisement for boxing. Boxing delivered on Saturday night. There was some good fights on there. There were some good young champions. The main event lived up to it. You know, it lived up to even the most wildest expectations, surely. And I think people come out of that with a positive thing going, you know what? I, I enjoyed staying up there to watch boxing. I enjoyed the way they spoke to each other afterwards. Yeah. I enjoyed the action that I've seen. I'm going to buy into it. I'm going to watch more of this. Oh, wow. Okay. So the biggest fight. In boxing terms, yeah. these are the two best middleweights on the planet. Okay, then I'm going to watch that then. I think, if anything, it, ironically, after all of the, the stuff that was said before, and I think Saturday night will help Triple G Canelo sell tickets or I, sell pay-per-views. I absolutely think you're spot on. If you're a casual fan and you've ex- and you've just enjoy, endured that experience at the weekend, you've come away, I think, positively away from it. And yeah. if somebody then, who is what you would class as a hardcore, is saying, oh, yeah, but... In three weeks, we've got this. What, you're yeah. telling me that that's going to be better? Oh, right, yeah, I'm in. And it's 100%. cheaper. And it's cheaper as well, right? Yeah, go on, I'll have a bit of that. I'll have exactly. a bit of an Aussie in there. And this is where I think Oscar De La Hoya and Canelo and, oh. and, and Triple G in some ways have missed the boat here because yeah. to just speak... Uh, speak to just spit vile to just speak negatively about Mayweather McGregor. Yeah, you know, when it's, when it's announced, voice your opinion. Go, do you know what? It's not for me. But... Good luck to both of those guys. And let me tell real fight fans that if you enjoy that, if you think that's a spectacle, you wait and see what I've got in store for you. That was the route he should have took. Mm. That, that was the narrative he should have played out. De La Hoya, go on. You go for it, guys. You get warm up Sin City for us because in three weeks' time, the real boxer match, the real biggest fight this year, that's what they should have done. Instead of being all negative about Mayweather McGregor, calling it a sham and a joke and all that, and real fans won't watch it. Don't try and alienate people. Don't try and suddenly... Pick point fingers at people that maybe casual fans that we were interested, like we were engrossed by Mayweather McGregor, and we were, I would consider myself a hardcore fight fan. Yet I was completely bought in, and I thought Oscar De La Hoya was being patronising to me mm. by going, "What are you interested in that for? Canelo Triple G's coming? Why well, the hell are you interested? I'm interested because it's sports entertainment. Mm. I want to be entertained for my money. That's the whole. That's why I love fight sports because I feel like there's no better entertainment than a big title fight. Yet so he tried to alienate me as a fan and made me feel. Like I was being stupid by watching this fight, and now it's blew up in his face because the fight was entertaining, the event was good, and fans have come away with a positive reaction about fight sports and certainly about the boxing ring. And he's missed that opportunity now. And uh, that's Nick talking about one of his favourite fighters of all time. So if you uh, if you want to see him really go for it, wait till tomorrow's show because sadly, uh, with what um, Oscar De La Hoya was saying on social media, we can't repeat it on the radio show because we're not allowed to use profanity. But tomorrow, oh, we'll be going for it on fightdisciples.com <laughs> and he will let rip, let me tell you. So make sure you subscribe to our podcast, fightdisciples.com, uh, for tomorrow's episode as we get stuck into, uh, the, let's just say, the more fruity stuff 
connected to this particular fight that we're not necessarily <laughs> allowed to talk about on the radio, all right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we've one more part of today's radio show to come your way. Um, and this is basically, one, celebrating Floyd's career in the ring, um, how we judge him in the list of all-time greats, because... He's told us that's it now. 50 and all, I'm out. I'm out the door. I've gone. And what is next for Conor McGregor? Stick around. It's coming next on Radio City Talk. This is the Fight Disciples podcast. Subscribe now via the iTunes store. Now then, the final part of tonight's show is all about whether we want to see something like that again. Now, Nick alluded to this right at the start of the show, that crossover from mixed martial arts into the world of boxing and what it showcased us at the weekend. And he alluded to the fact that, hey, we might see stuff like this later down the line. Now, I know why he's doing it, right? Because his mate wants to fight with Michael Bisping. That's what it is. He's thinking to himself, hey, there's a few quid in this for Bell U. I'll get to carry his bags. Who knows? I might be on the ring walk. I fancy some of that. Don't you? That's what you're doing, Nicholas. You're trying to get in on the pie. I saw I saw Bell U commentating at the weekend. His eyes lighting up thinking, cheddar ching, look at all this dough in here. I fancy some of that. <laughs> easy money. Mm, absolutely easy money. Anyway. Away from that, I'm go- I'll go first with it, right? Because we've got the biggest pay-per-view star in boxing. We've got the biggest pay-per-view star in the world of UFC. They've come together and they've created this hybrid and it, we've got away with it, right? It wasn't a sham. It was fantastic build-up. The best build-up. I love those types of build-up. I love animosity. I love guys trash-talking. But you've got to be able to back it up. They've, yep. gone, they've gone into the ring... Um, and they've given us some form of entertainment. It was captivating, whether you thought it was brilliant as a, a fight or whatever, it was captivating. Right through the 10 rounds, you were locked in, wanting to know what was going to happen next, and they're the best storylines. So we've got away with it. We've got a, we've, we've got a great event out of everything that uh, everybody was telling us was going to be a circus. For me, let's stop whilst we're ahead. That's where I'm at. Let's stop whilst we're ahead. I understand there's business out there and I understand there's tons of money and, and money talks and, 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 and that is at the forefront of everything in, in, in fight sports, sadly. However, we've got away with one. Let's get back to boxers boxing. Let's get back to UFC guys getting stuck into the world of mixed martial arts and let that carry on. Because I don't think, unless it's Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather, no disrespect to Tony Bellew, but I don't think there is anybody else on the planet that can carry an event like that. I really don't. No, certainly on that level, of course not. You know, you've got the two biggest pay-per-view stars on the planet, so you're never going to compete with that again unless those two guys go again, uh, which obviously from Floyd's point of view is never going to happen. So, you know, but I'm not saying we'll never ever match that scale, but I'm saying there's, there's what Conor McGregor proved is that mixed martial artists at the top level can be competitive with the right dance partner in boxing. Um, obviously, Stipe is one of the first tweets I've seen after the fight of the weekend was current UFC champion Stipe Miocic calling out Anthony Joshua saying, come on then, I'm the best heavyweight, I'm the baddest man on the planet in terms of the UFC. You're the baddest man on the planet in terms of boxing ring. Let's get it on. And Stipe is actually a former Golden Gloves champion yeah, as well. So similar to Connor, he does come back from this, uh, you know, a bit of an amateur boxing background. What but- size gloves would they go at? God only knows. God only knows. Steve fights in four rounds. You can't. You can't let him have a go, can you? Yeah, exactly. It'd be insane. But can uh, you imagine Anthony Joshua with a four rounds glove on? But you know, we were talking just recently, weren't we, about Anthony Joshua and potential? How does he make a legacy? How does Anthony Joshua build a legacy over the next decade? Um, 
which is going to put him up there alongside the greatest heavyweights of all time because we talked about how the fact that Vladimir Klitschko's career as successful as it was it will always carry it will always suffer by the fact that he wasn't in an era of great heavyweights he didn't have the right dance partners to mm. legitimize his legacy and to really make a nice barometer of where he ranks in the greatest heavyweight of all time and when we were talking about Andy Joshua and the right dance partners listen I'm not saying for a second that Stipe Miocic is the right dance partner but it will add to his narrative it will add to his story if the have this big crossover super fight if Majocic now looks like he's going to prove himself to be uh, you know the uh, the un- unquestionable UFC champion and by that I mean no heavyweight in UFC history has ever made three successful title defences if he does that in his next fight if he surpasses that in his next fight then he proves himself arguably to be the best UFC champion the UFC have had which will add a narrative behind the fact that if Anthony Joshua cleans up in boxing who can't guess that at the back end of next year it doesn't maybe happen so it's a strange one at the moment because I think the weekend has thrown fight sports in a state of flux because what was supposed to happen was Floyd Mayweather was was supposed to absolutely spank him inside two or three rounds and Conor McGregor would have to go back with his tail between his legs to the UFC and boxing could get back on its high horse and go, see, you guys can't compete with us. That never happened at the weekend. you know. And there's many, again, there's many ways that you can argue why it didn't happen. But what we've come here, we've come out of it is go, yeah, UFC guys deserve respect with their stand-up and they could arguably compete at a level inside boxing. So why not have the crossovers? For me, the last eight weeks have been brilliant, not only in terms of our Fight Disciples brand, but also in terms of people talking about sports that we're engaged in, we're passionate about, this, mm. this is our livelihood, this is what we love. And the more people are talking about it, the better. So I'm not going to say let's not do them hybrids again because it's been good for business. I've enjoyed it. <laughs> I've enjoyed being in that world. I've enjoyed having Look everybody in the street you're talking just, to me about fights. You're just like Leonard Ellaby and Floyd, you aren't you? You're just in the cheddar ching. You're thinking to yourself, <laughs> Fight Disciples is flying here because we talk about everything. I Listen, like it. <laughs> earlier this year, I could only speak to you about Ward Kovalev or if I went to a boxing gym or if I was, you know, contacting like-minded fight fans who have met or, have, you know, journalists. Yeah. That was the only way I could talk, get excited about Ward Kovalev. I couldn't do it with my mates at five aside. I couldn't do it with my wife at home or my window cleaner or the, <laughs> the fella over the fence next door or even my mum and dad to some extent. But for this fight, I could. This fight, I would could literally, and when I say literally, I mean... Literally, you've got to tune into tomorrow's boxing show at fightdisciples.com to find out the true story about what I'm trying to get at here. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, everybody was engaged in Mayweather McGregor. So why the hell would they say, I don't want to see any more? Bring it on. As long as it's competitive, as long as it lives up to it like it did last night on Saturday night, bring it on. Let's see more of it. That's what I say. Look at him. He's thinking about his own pockets. That's what he's thinking of. Mm. Anyway, let's move on to uh, Floyd because he's decided to retire. He's called it a day. Again, uh, but this time I kind of believe him. 50 and 0, um, a fantastic career. He has been in with the best, but how do you judge his career? Because we've said on our shows many, many times, stats can often lie, whether they be coming from CompuBox or whether they be coming um, from particular people's career, because at the end of the day, the majority of people can get to 50 and 0 if they haven't fought anybody. I'm not saying that about Floyd Mayweather, but that's what we're here to discuss because I saw a fantastic tweet from somebody uh, a little earlier on today about whether Floyd would have been able to compete with the Fab Four in these weight divisions uh, from back in the day. I'm talking about, obviously, Leonard and Duran and the likes. Could he have competed with those boys, in your opinion, Nick? 
Of course he could have, you know, and I think you're a fool to say he couldn't have competed with them. Certainly not, I'm not talking about the Floyd weather we've seen on Saturday night. You know, that, I'm not talking about 41-year-old Floyd, but I'm talking about Floyd when he was at the peak of his powers in his, in his mid to early 30s, when he was electric shot, but he'd already got himself that, you know, that beautiful shoulder roll, which he'd, event, you know, he'd mastered and everything else. Of course we could, you know, and I don't make that kind of statement lightly either because Sugar Ray Leonard, for me, is, you know, he's one of my favourites, potentially my favourite boxer of all time. So he's right up there. In terms of Floyd himself and where he ranks, you know, he calls himself the best ever and everything else. Mm. You know, for me, and we've talked about this previously on shows as well, to be the best ever, to be, to be truly the number one, he needs to have done more or as much as the guys that are currently up there. And you, he hasn't had left his mark on society and in pop culture around his career like someone like Muhammad Ali did. Of course he didn't. And he, I, I'd probably include Mike Tyson in that in some ways as well. He hasn't owned, even though he's financially owned a sport, even though he's, he's proved himself to be the most, you know, what's he made now? Over a billion dollars in yeah. career earnings. Not question the best businessman in the sport, yeah. Oh, oh, completely, yeah. But in terms of being the greatest boxer of all time, stylistically, Fantastic, but you know, stylistically, was it not anything we've seen before with Sugar Ray Robinson or Willie Pep or again Leonard? And you know, the fact that he was undefeated makes it incredible, yeah. absolutely incredible. And the, level, 50 of, and out, and the level of opponent because he, he hasn't Hall of Fame, yeah. Hall of Fame, every single one of them. Hun, hun, Absolutely, you know he's probably beat more Hall of Famers in his career than than any of the other greats, if you like. Maybe probably aside from Muhammad Ali, but. Kind of what he's—it's weird, but he's kind of suffered from the fact that he's never had to prove his championship mentality in terms of coming back from a defeat, coming back from a setback. You know, he—he wasn't—he wasn't down and out and knocked out and came back. You know, things like that add to people's legacy, add to the whole magic around it. You know, and obviously Ali benefited from being in a golden era. When you look at Floyd's record and the wins he's had. He's been in the golden era. You know, look at the people he's beaten. You think, wow, it's incredible. But we've never seen him lose to then come back. And it's see crazy. the character of the man. That's what yeah, you want to see, it, isn't it? It's crazy, yeah. But then he, he, should, he would argue, and, and it's a good argument, but nobody was ever able to beat me. So how can, you can't then say mm. he would have struggled in, in a different era because in this era, he beat Hall of Fame legends, beat them convincingly, and went 50 and 0. Mm. It is an interesting point, that, about defeat, isn't it? Because you see the character of the man, the true man in defeat, as we discussed a little earlier on in the show regarding uh, Conor McGregor, and I'm sure we'll go on to him again in a minute. But because we've never seen Floyd in that light, getting beat, coming back, battling against adversity, there's something missing for me. I know that sounds yeah. stupid because he's beating well, Oscar De La Hoya, he's beating Pacquiao, he's beating all these fantastic I think, I think also on a personal level as well, isn't it? There's also that element of a personal level where you, he's, Absolutely. N- he's not somebody aspirational, he's not somebody that you Well, he's a convicted a wife beater, that's what he is. Exactly, you know, and, and for that reason, a lot, you know, as much as anything else, you, you can't really... I refuse to put him at the at the number one spot. I really do. Mm. Even though his record, the people he's beat, has been absolutely phenomenal. And it's been an absolute pleasure to have been covering fight sports while he's been around. You know, I was at the, I've been lucky enough to be at McGregor, at Mayweather fights, at Mayweather mm. press conferences. And to be able to say, I've done that. I was there. I witnessed him win this or win that is, is incredible. And I will never, ever take that lightly. But for me, He's probably, it'd be impossible to argue he's outside the top five, Mm. but for me, he's not top three. A lot of great performances 
not a lot of great fights. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Uh, the, and when I, I say that, I mean that because nobody could doors, touch him. Nobody could get, nobody could get Pretty near him. Boy, the Pretty Boy days, if he'd have continued like that, well, you can argue if he'd have continued like that, he probably wouldn't have kept winning. Uh, he had to find a way to win, certainly later in, on in his career. You know, he was uh, his clinch game became remarkable. His defensive game became absolutely remarkable. Hence the reason how he got through those Pacquiao and Canelo fights so convincingly. Um, but he's had to change over the years. And, you know, who's the fool then? You know, Madonna's, yeah. Madonna's still making albums now that are going platinum. And she's been around for about 50 years. Yet she's reinvented herself like David Bowie. She just keeps kept, he kept on reinventing himself for that on for that. That, that longevity, yeah. yeah, that time. You know, he didn't just he didn't go stale. And Floyd Mayweather's managed to do that in the sports sense, which is absolutely phenomenal to be mm. able to change a game to stick around and stay unbeaten for so long. But yeah, I think when you look back at his golden moments, so many of them are m- almost ten years ago. So the last few years, we've just had this incredible boxing technical. Uh, classroom, if you like, these exhibitions from this master technician. Yet that spark's been missing, hasn't it? That element mm. of magic where you want to be roused as a fan. I, you know, I, I I enjoyed the Pacquiao performance, but would I want to watch it again? No, and and that's the thing. That's you know? the thing. You don't cross the road to buy a ticket for a Floyd Mayweather fight, sadly, anymore, do you? Because you know kind of what you're getting. You do yeah. kind of know what you're getting. Um, on the on the flip side of that. You've got the geezer there that he danced with at the weekend who is just the total opposite, absolute yep. total opposite, because this kid, we've oh God knows how many times we've gone over it with our UFC podcast. Definitely download this week's because we'll be going crazy on him this week, fightdisciples.com. But this is a guy that gives you entertainment. He's constantly entertaining the fans, but... Yeah, all right, he's had adversity. But he, nine times out of ten, comes out the other side and does exactly what he's telling you that he's going to do. And that lights you up even more because we love the Mystic Mac element of this. Yeah, of course we do. And, he, you know, as you say, he lives up to it and he's so much more than just a, a great athlete, a great sportsman, a great fighter. But, you can, you know, you can see he's a great person as well. The fact that he's surrounded by his friends and family, the fact that he hasn't changed things, the fact that... He's he's approaching the foot in the the entire fight sports. It, it, his his way of coming. It's like it's like taking a boxing match. You know how dare he? Yeah. Yeah. The audacity in him, the confidence in him to be like, yeah, we'll just do it. Let's do it. It's a fight. It's a fight. At the end of the day, put me in there. Get me a pair of gloves, and I'll do it. Because this is what I am. I'm a martial artist to my core, and I'm a true martial artist like the way Bruce Lee used to be. Bruce Lee would, would would fight a karate man, or you know, this is what the UFC was kind of built up on. Which martial art is best? Is a boxer better than a kickboxer? Is a sumo wrestler better than a Greco-Roman wrestler? Is a you know a Mai Tai fighter more destructive than a Sambo fighter from Russia? That's the whole. That was why this sport was even invented. And Conor McGregor gets that to its core. He wants to test himself as a martial artist against the very best he possibly can, and that's why this opportunity against Floyd Mayweather. He was never going to pass up on that. And of course, the finances changed everything, quadrupled his net worth. He told us, but for Conor McGregor, because he's such a superstar, as we well know, he will make more money. That's seventy-five million, what or a hundred million, whatever he makes from the the, the Mayweather fight. He's not suddenly just going to retire. Someone said to me, "Do you think McGregor will retire now?" No, it's not in him. He's a fight sports nut. He's a fight sports master. He's a mixed martial artist to his core. He will keep competing wherever there is 
paychecks, exposure, but more than that, where he can prove himself to be the best of a certain discipline. That's why he's not finished with boxing. That's why he's not finished with the UFC. Mm. And God only knows what's going to come after that. Well, that's the interesting thing for me because he is. you just nailed it. Exactly what was in my head. He's the guy that is constantly looking for a new challenge. Mm-hmm. He's gone uh, different weight categories, become yep. multiple champion in different weight categories. He's even gone up to a weight category which was ridiculous at welterweight, which is yep. 170 pounds for those that follow, don't follow the work the UFC taking on fights there then he's gone over to a different discipline to take on a challenge there what is that next challenge man because I know. traditionally we know full well that Connor doesn't defend a belt because it's not a challenge for him anymore he's won he sees that he's got to the top of the division he's won yeah. the belt why should I sit here and defend it I'm not interested I'm earning money anyway so let's go for the next challenge okay I'll go up in weight to go and win a belt there so yeah. what is the next challenge for Conor McGregor shall I tell you I'm, I'm really looking forward to it go for it he will carry the flag <laughs> for the Olympic Games. Do you reckon? Yeah, man. He's going to enter for Ireland. He's going to carry the flag at the Olympics. That I don't means know he would he... have to be an athlete, wouldn't it? Or yeah, can... well, he compete. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll I tell you what he'll enter. He will enter either because he's only had one professional. If you have less than four professional boxing matches, you can still compete as an amateur. No. He can still compete as an amateur. He could go to the All-Ireland Olympic qualifiers, potentially qualify. I'm not saying he would make the Ireland team, but he could potentially make the Ireland team for the Olympic Games. How much exposure would Team Ireland get out of the back of that? And not only boxing... He could compete in the the Irish wrestling team. He could compete for the wrestling team. George St. Pierre, for a long time, trained with Team Canada, and he was going to go to the Canadian national team trials for the Olympic Games. And a lot of people, the insiders were saying, he's good enough, he'll get in the team, he'll get in the team. Something happened, I think a world title fight came up in the UFC. Basically, the diaries just didn't work out and it didn't happen in the end. But Conor McGregor is such a superstar in Ireland that if he goes to the Irish boxing qualifiers or he goes to the Irish wrestling, maybe even judo, maybe even the judo qualifiers. I don't know. But basically, (laughs) they will not turn him away from the tryouts because all them sports independently, judo, wrestling, boxing, they all need the exposure that Conor McGregor can bring. Not only that, if Conor McGregor makes the Ireland boxing team, the Irish Boxing Federation... Uh, amateur boxing federation they'll be inundated with potential sponsors they will make money they will be able to put on a type of program to build up to the next olympics that will ensure they will win more medals this is not an impossibility conor mcgregor could qualify for the olympic games you've heard it here first there you go man i was just going to go down the route of nate diaz part three but we're, <laughs> but we're blowing it right up there you go we're taking it to the next level the olympic games can you the imagine kid can do anything once in a lifetime athlete this kid could do anything don't doubt what would be next for conor mcgregor look at you you're even quoting him now don't doubt me do not doubt me doubt me now they say um, it's been thoroughly enjoyable the last six weeks, seven weeks, going through and really getting stuck into uh, the life and times of Connor and Floyd and bringing this together. Hopefully, if you've been listening to the full May Max series that we did for you, hopefully you enjoyed it. Hopefully you bought into it as much as we did. And hopefully this is the start of something really, really fresh. We know that we are in the middle of a golden era especially in the world of boxing, especially in the world of British boxing. We've got some sensational shows coming up 
um, throughout the course of September. Very blessed here in Liverpool to have two in the month of September. One from the World Boxing Super Series, which we're dead excited about. Hopefully, off the back of that, we'll get a brand spanking new world champion in the shape of uh, Callum Smith. And then at the back end of the month, we've got a great showdown with a lot of local boys going toe-to-toe on a matchroom card at the Echo Arena on the last weekend of September. We're going to hopefully um, be able to award you for listening to us on a regular basis. We'll have tickets and various things like that to give away. And as well as that, as a reward for you, um, myself and Nick, the Fight Disciples, have uh, got a new clothing partnership, mainly because people think we're a bit scruffy and we, they, they think that we need some new threads. Uh, but we've got a new clothing partnership of which we're going to tell you about on tomorrow's show. And with that, there'll be a Fight Disciples range coming your way and you'll be getting discount on some top clobber, let me tell you. Wait, wait. So what? I don't get to design the, our, our T-shirts anymore? Mate, we've hired proper... People, like you know, what, what do you mean? mean? Proper people, I've, I've, I put the logo on a white t shirt, didn't I? What more do we want? And it's old, well done, you, <laughs> <laughs> Vivian, West, Vivian Westwood. Here, he's buzzing. Yeah. Um, but that'll all be available for you tomorrow. More information on that on our social media at Fight Disciples on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And fightdisciples.com is where you'll catch tomorrow's exclusive boxing show where we tell you about our new clothing partnership. Thank you so much for listening to us tonight. We will catch you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.